Hey, my Travel Wins podcast. I'm lucky to have Darlie Newman. How are you this morning, Darlie? I'm great. I so appreciate the time. The one benefit I have, I love talking to people that travel for work. The negative is they're usually traveling for work, so it's hard to <laughs> hard to pin them down. As the you have so many titles. Let's start with a TV host, producer, author, overall entrepreneur. I guess. How, yeah, how's every- I, I try <laughs> to juggle a lot of things. <laughs> I find that that most people. In, in today's world, have multiple things. They don't do just one one thing. I know. We're. I guess everybody's keeping busy. I, well, no. I mean, there's a lot of things have been consolidated, so people are uh, juggling many hats nowadays. But I guess that keeps us all on our toes, right? Yeah, and in a good way, I think. You know, talk to several athletes on the show, and they're always doing something else, whether it's photography or videography or or their own YouTube channel or whatever. So it's interesting to. to see people branching out yeah no for sure yeah we're all learning so much every day <laughs> well yeah i have a, a personal favorite kind of a, a growing up hero was huel hauser i don't know if you've ever heard of huel yeah because his show um broadcast after mine on kcet in los angeles exactly so i grew up watching huel and i think that that's kind of where my curiosity to see new things and experience new things kind of sparked and and you're falling right in line with that i yeah it's similar yeah we i and i travel all over the world um with locals i have for about a decade and explore you know food culture adventure we film it for our show um travels darley and i also did equa trekking on pbs amazon prime you know all these different outlets so um it keeps it really interesting but i love sharing it and i love that it inspires people to travel and and want to know more about the world and each other so it's definitely rewarding. Well, you know, and you're one of my overnight success stories. How, how long have you been doing this now? <laughs> I don't know if I'm overnight. I've been doing this for 10 years now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we're we're all seemingly overnight success stories, but <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know the um, the equi trekking I, I I thought was really interesting. Um, right, right, traveling around doing by horseback in all the different places that you went to. With the travels with Dar- Darley, what what's the difference with that now? I mean, obviously you're not on horseback, but yeah, well, I am sometimes, but um, it's a similar premise to equi trekking in that I always have locals on camera wherever I go. It's the kind of travel show that uh, while I'm hosting it, I'm I'm really like listening to people's stories and they're sharing something about their area. But normally we're doing something while we talk, so we're mountain biking, you know, horseback yeah. riding, kayaking walking through Pasadena, um, you know, to try local food. So it's all like it moves and it's very experiential. Uh, I think that's like, I think that's a great way to, a great way to see some a new places to have a local guy do. But then if you can do something um, while, while you're, you're having that, that adventure, I think it makes it even more adventurous and, and good for people to watch as well. Um, Cause there's lots of ways to explore different places, whether it's on foot or, you know, surfing, or I just took a skateboard lesson in LA. Um, so there's lots of <laughs> ways to do things. Yeah, I know, right? I'm like, ooh, I, I survived that one. No comment. I, I, I didn't. I have, I have a buddy that, that's a pro skateboarder, and he wants. And I'm like, nope. I fell. I fell when I was. I had to be about 12 years old, and that was it. Oh no, you should get back up there. I mean, especially if you did it as a child. I, I was a skateboard light kid because my brother did it, so I would 
you know, try to mess around as well. But you do, you know, you remember that stuff that you tried as a kid. But, yeah, you have to make sure you wear your pads and helmet. I was at a skateboard park in Costa Mesa just this past week taking a skateboard lesson, um, and it went really well. I only almost died three times. So. Oh, that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I survived overall, So, but it was really fun. It was really fun. <laughs> well, I, I, I started uh, roller skating about seven months ago with my wife. And uh, I've been to the skate park a few times with that, fallen, hurt myself a couple times. So that's been, yeah, it's, that's been my learning experience for the year. I saw some um, uh, roller skaters and then also um, people on bikes that were at the skate park, which I was very impressed. I mean, skateboarding is impressive enough. And then, you know, when you get see people doing all those tricks with anything else, you're like, wow, this is pretty cool. So <laughs> Exactly. That's how I feel. Well, now I'm in my 50s now, so. Anytime I do something new, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I got my, my, my new in for the day, so. Yeah, it's good. Got to get out of your comfort zone, right? You have to. Wait, when you're doing your show, I'm always curious. You're the only one on camera other than the people you're interviewing, but how many people travel with you? It's a small crew. There's only three other people that are with me. Um, okay. I've been working with the same same director of photography for the last decade. Greg Barna, who's amazing. He's won a couple Emmy Awards for our Echo Trekking series for the photography. And, I mean, everybody on the crew has to be pretty adventurous because we're hiking yeah. and doing all these things that are that are active with our equipment, <laughs> which makes it – and filming it, which makes it interesting uh, and challenging. But it, it's so great. And we're like a family. We, everybody, we all know each other, obviously, so well by yeah. now because we've traveled so much together. I can order for everybody, and they can order for <laughs> me. And, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's quite a little dance we have going on at this point. I think that would be hugely beneficial for you, that your camera person, your sound, or whoever, and everybody in your, in your little group knows each other so well so it makes things now your travels a lot easier it it really does and it's it's so nice and every all of us you know have a thirst to see the world and to learn new things and to share it so and everybody's so creative and collaborative so it really makes for a nice it makes for a nice team and it a nice experience and and makes it easy for the locals that we meet to open up and share with us because it's just a very comfortable setting yeah but I'm just curious, how, how did you get started? I mean, do you just wake up one day and go, you know what, I want to travel the world. I want people to record it, and that's all I want to do. You know, that is pretty much it. That's how I initially – I mean, I'm always coming up with new ideas. It's funny. Um, I'm, you know, always thinking of new things to do, and then I just do – I just figure out how to do them. And, this, I mean, it was not easy for sure, but basically went out and got sponsors for a pilot episode and – found an outlet. It was not on PBS at first. It was on another network called Horse TV, my equi trekking show, which is a network that's no longer even around. Um, so it, it's been a real grassroots effort over the years to kind of take one success and go to the next. And it's just been a lot of creativity and, and hard work, but um, it's paid off. And it's, you know, it's not an overnight success story, but it is a success story. And it's something Absolutely. that you can take and then, you know, you do, one great project and then you look at, you know, what do I do? What do I want to do next? And how do I leverage the good work I've done here to make that happen? So uh, there's a lot of building that goes on, but 
like any entrepreneur and in person and travel, it's something that, you know, you love to do. So you want to work hard at it. I will say that if you're going to have a job, which we all, most of us have to have a job. So unfortunately or fortunately, but I think it's fortunate if you can do something that you love because you're going to work at it, you know, a lot. I think it's important. So. Well, that's, I, I, you know, I have two daughters that graduate college now, but I, I talked to them about the same thing, saying, you got to, if you're going to spend most of your waking hours doing something, boy, I hope you, I hope you don't hate it. Yeah, you know, for sure. Just, it just makes life suck. I know. I know. Most of our, yeah, you spend a lot of time working. I, that's why originally when I graduated from college, I went to George Washington University and I graduated and got a job in television immediately. Um, you know, I started like a week. I don't even think I had a week off after I graduated, but I went right to work and was, um, I had an office job, but it was in television. I was doing programming for the WB. It's now CW network. So, I mean, it's things changed, but, um, yeah. And it, it was like an office job, but I would ride my bike to work <laughs> and I would kind of come in all like sweaty and stuff. <laughs> I don't and know how okay. I. But I was like, I just, you know, I was not used to being in an office all the time. And the job was great. And I stayed a year and then went on to go then work at a production company, working on the show Frontline. And I was getting to do more of what I wanted. But each job was not exactly what I wanted at first. But it was, again, learning something within the industry and then moving on to something that was more in your more in my lane. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, just building off of, again, like, I think this is going to give me this experience that will be helpful for this. That's kind of what I did because I said I wanted to host a travel show in high school. Like my high school friends remember that. So I just didn't know how I was going to get there for a while, and I just needed experience in general. So I went out there and did all sorts of jobs in the in media and television before I was able to kind of go off on my own and and launch this new venture. I think that's that's also a key factor for a lot of the the I hate to say it, but the millennials who who don't don't want to necessarily put in jobs that you know i want to just do this you know and it's not always uh an immediate satisfaction or you know no. you graduate college one day and the next day you've got your dream job yeah no i, I mean it would be great if it were like that maybe but maybe not because <laughs> then maybe you wouldn't appreciate it as much so True. Yeah. yeah and you know with your, with your travel show I'm always curious, like, I mean, you literally get to see everything you've ever wanted to see. But how do you deal with friends and family at home? How do you deal with making sure you're at least somewhat uh, present for for the friends and family that you've left behind? Well, I don't sleep that much. (laughs) (laughs) That's for sure. Um, At this point, I was like, but, you know, (laughs) that's okay. Um, no, I try to make time. I make time to diversify my life, and I've been working harder at that because you can lose sight of it. And I definitely did for a bit. You know, I was very focused on work, and that was pretty much yeah. it. Um, but you know, you come to a point, and I think as you get older as well, like you think about what's important in life. And I mean, friends and family are so important. I mean, what I'm doing is so important as well. But then you have to strike that balance, and it's 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 difficult, but I, I try to like take more of my weekend time now and, and, you know, and make the time to, to keep up with people. And, and it, yeah, it is definitely, it's a constant balancing act, but um, it's something that 
I work hard to do. I have such really good friends that are always there. Unfortunately, my cat hates me right now. (laughs) 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 But I don't know what to do about that. (laughs) I have, like, so many people watching her. (laughs) Like, she's very well attended to, but she just wants me there. So, I don't know. (laughs) I hear you. We're working on that. (laughs) I was was gone all last week, and I came home. My dog's like, hey. I'm like, hey, come on, buddy. Yeah. Are you going to be home this time or like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know. They're the ones, right? Exactly. Exactly. Everyone else, you know, because I I, I travel quite a bit for my work and, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, I want to, I want to hang out with you guys. I want to have some personal free time. I want to exercise time. I got to have date night. I got to do all, you know, all these things in the, in the window that I have while I'm home. Right. So it's just, like you said, it's a it's a balancing act. Yeah, yeah. You know? Always, always learning how to do a better, or wanting to learn how to do a better job at that. Well, uh, how do you like? What, what do you have any any set um, routines or patterns for for you know, eating and staying in shape and all that when you're when you're on the road, or is it just what you're doing uh-huh. keeps you going? Well, so I do a lot of adventure stuff on the show. Yeah, but. Definitely eat a lot too. <laughs> we were just filming in the LA area, and uh, one day there. we had—I know—I had like this huge, amazing breakfast sandwich at this bakery where we were filming. And then we go on to have this gigantic lunch at a Venezuelan um, restaurant in Pasadena. Pasadena has really diverse food. Um, and then I had a food tour, <laughs> and I was like. And then we went to dinner, and I was like, okay, tomorrow is mountain biking, right? Yeah, exactly. Tomorrow's <laughs> fasting is, day. Yeah, I'm like, because I am feeling like this is a very full trip, full food trip. Um, and it's part of the joy of what I'm doing. And you have to test sure. it out so you can share that knowledge, right? But Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's again, it's all it's all a balancing act. But uh, thankfully, we do we do a lot of movement stuff at our show so i guess it balances out in general yeah that's the 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 negative for me is is a lot lot of where i travel are rural rural towns and uh healthy eating is not always a top priority a lot of comfort comfort foods and all that for sure and i mean i always uh bring granola bars along with me in case the food is not you know, there's some issue or I'm like out on a hike all day and stuff like that. Um, but you know, usually we have actually really good food when we're traveling. So that's not as much of an issue. Um, but you know, sometimes we're in exotic places and the food maybe is just not what I'm used to. Um, but then I can, then I usually find that there's something there that's really, really good. Um, so that makes it, it makes it interesting. What are are some of the, the, the craziest places you visited so far? in your decade plus of being around the world. Yeah. Well, I love Botswana, Africa is one of my favorite places. Did um, I went all over the country doing horseback safaris. Um, so seeing wildlife while riding a horse, which makes it cool. Yeah, it's cool until you get charged by an elephant, <laughs> which happens. Um, I was in the Okavango Delta and uh, thankfully it was a mock charge, but this bull elephant got really close and that was super scary. I, I galloped with a herd of um, zebra and wildebeest and 
the Bacata Cutty pans. It's one of the world's largest salt pans, which was crazy. Again, I was like, I hope I don't die. <laughs> um, <laughs> Get the shot. Yeah, that's when you're really what? focused. You're like, I am focused on life right now. Um, and I just... Oh, did you go to Greg say get the shot because we're not doing this again? Oh no, I do. Well, so I was herding um, antelope bison on Antelope Island um, in Utah, and it was really kind of dangerous. <laughs> like, um, and he this never happens, but it was the one time where he thought he hit the camera on, and he double clicked it and turned it off. Oh. Um, <laughs> And so if I had been doing this for about like 15 minutes and I'm out of breath and, you know, I'm like, oh, this, my horse is gunning for the animals at this point. And he was, he looks at me and he says, oh, uh, you're going to have to do that again. <laughs> I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was like, you got to be kidding me. And we did um, surfing in Northern Ireland and it was in Donegal at Bundoran Beach, which is a big hot surf spot for Europe. But the water was really cold, so I had on a wetsuit, oh, yeah. and it was also raining <laughs> outside. So, and the wind was blowing towards the shore. So I'm out there surfing, and Greg has the camera on, and he's having to wipe the lens because just water's getting on it. And so every time I would get up on the surfboard, <laughs> he would be wiping the lens. <laughs> <laughs> and after like the fifth time, I'm just dying I'm out of breath and freezing. <laughs> And he just keeps sending me back in. And I was like, oh, this is when the job gets a little tough. <laughs> but all Make for a good bloopers fun. reel, though. Oh, I have a, good, a very good bloopers reel happening. Yeah, for sure. That would be awesome. The the uh, w When you're traveling, because you're going to such, I guess, extreme places, you know, not L.A., but, you know, what, what do you do to, to fill the time as far as um, – listen to music are you watching your own show or are you are you what do you do how do you fill up all those hours of travel uh well a lot of time i'm working unfortunately because yeah. i mean i'm hosting producing writing i was editing this show until this past season thankfully i now have an editor who's awesome but um and i'm running We're business so yeah, I'm on my computer, <laughs> but when I'm not on my computer or when I just can't take it anymore, I have shows that I download onto my iPhone <laughs> on Netflix, and I pretty much binge watch the things that I've been wanting to watch that I need to get yeah. caught up on, and I always have um, backlogs of shows that make me go to sleep, like Frasier, <laughs> <laughs> that I watch at night. <laughs> If I can't sleep or if it's loud, I'll put Frasier on in the background. I know all the voices. I don't even look at it. I put the screen down, and I um, I let Frasier put me awesome. to sleep. Yeah, it's, uh, it was the Golden Girls for a while, but I went through all those episodes. Even though I slept through them, I was like, okay, I'm done with this. <laughs> That's awesome. See, I'm, I'm very similar. I, I, I fall asleep well with, with the TV on. Yeah, no, it's nice. It's like story time. Yeah. yeah. That's weird. You're the first person I met that. That's also done that. Well, people think it's weird because, uh, first of all, a lot of people are like, you can watch stuff on your iPhone. I'm like, I always do that. And then second of all, yeah, no, I put it, I put the volume pretty low. So yeah, yeah. Just hear, just hear it. And then it's, it, and I find like, I like it better. I used to use ocean sounds, but because I'm such a thinker and you may be the same way too, you know, I, it's hard to turn your brain off sometimes. And I find that if I'm listening to a story, and that's a good way to divert my brain from trying to think too much about 
everything else everything. in life. Yeah. yeah. Totally agree. Because it, what I find is, like when I'm um, when I'm home, I you know I can I can calm my brain down because I'm doing things. But when I'm on the road, I'm like, oh my god, I should be doing this. And when I get home, I got to do this. And then, okay, don't forget to call this. And I got to do that. And then, okay, in the morning, I got to make sure I call this customer. And then I got to call my boss. I got to call them. I got to, you know. Yeah. So, I find like when yeah. I'm in the hotel room, my brain just keeps going. So sometimes I'll just well, turn the TV on. I'm that way too. No, and I I now um. I try to, when I start to think of something, I put it in my calendar or put mm-hmm. it in the notes in my phone as, you know, to do item. Like, okay. And that helps me, like, feel like I will not forget that and I've written it down. Um, but I totally get what you're saying. <laughs> but now I'm, at, I am like, by the time I go to bed, usually I'm pretty tired because <laughs> it's sometimes it's late <laughs> and I'm getting up really early. So, <laughs> yeah. I I know the same thing. Like I was up this morning, and I had to produce the one episode that that I that I put out on Mondays, and then you know I'm like I got to do this. Same thing. That's kind of interesting. I like that. Mhm. Trying to calm the brain. Yeah. No. It's it's a whole thing. Well, and I I actually took a meditation course, and I now I know how to meditate. It was something I didn't think I'd be able to do, quite frankly, because I'm just the kind of person that, like, if I'm in a stress relief, I'll go running, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I, don't really do yo- I don't really do yoga. <laughs> I-, I like to run or bike or do something where my heart gets racing. Yeah. But I actually really like the meditation. I, I think it's really helped, especially if I'm super, super stressed. I'll either run or if I'm really, really, I might meditate, which is interesting. And I- it's a skill I'm glad I, I have now. Because um, I think it is really helpful, but um, yeah, that's something new that I that I took up this year actually. I've had some friends talk to me about me- meditation, so that's interesting. I might have to look more into that. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good for your brain overall. So, and it definitely helps relieve stress. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, the one thing I've talked to a lot of the people, like I said earlier in the show, was multiple people have multiple things going on. And just like me, you know, I have my job, I have the podcast, I, you know, I have a wife and dog and kids and it's a lot going on. So maybe the meditation is a good way to to simmer down. No, I think so, for sure. You're making my day. <laughs> that's, why I love, that's why I love doing what, I, what I'm doing with the podcast. I get to talk to people and other business travelers. You know, so I've talked to people about jet lag. How do you, how do you get around jet lag? I mean, you're really... Ooh, that's a- that's a tough one. Um, try to get upgraded. <laughs> a. Okay. I, I flew back on um, Qatar Airways about a month ago, and I had got up. I right, on the way there, I was in regular, you know, economy, a premium economy. Actually, they don't have premium, so it was just regular, but it was pretty nice. But but I got upgraded on the way back, and I was in business class, and I had a lay down seat that laid all the way down, and it was my own sleep pod. It was amazing. I'm just gonna say, <laughs> and I was, I was very thankful. I was like, because I had to get up, I had to fly in and, and work like that morning. Yeah. So I, I was like, if I hadn't had this sleep, it would have been really difficult. But I do find it difficult to sleep on flights. Um, so I usually, but I try to, like, especially if I know I'm getting there. And a lot of times I'll get there to a different destination in a 
international location and I have to actually film like, or I yeah. get a short nap and then I'm filming and I'm trying to stay up and get on that time zone. Um, so, and then when I come back, I do the same thing. But so I try to sleep on a flight and I can't tell you that I'm a healthy flyer cause I'm not, I will bring, <laughs> I usually bring a big meal on the flight and I basically have two glasses of wine and try to eat enough that my stomach is full and I'm like in a food coma and then I pass out. <laughs> and then I wake up, a food white coma, and then I wake up, I drink a ton of water, I wake up and um, I have like a whole barrage of snacks that I normally bring on the flight, which are like, you know, when I start to get antsy, I'll just start eating again <laughs> and I go back to sleep hopefully <laughs> or I get my computer out and work. So yeah, it's a juggling act, but I try to sleep on flight. I'm getting better. What's the longest flight you've had? I don't even know how many hours it was. I've done, um, I think Qatar might have been one of the longest ones. Yeah. From from New York to Qatar. Um, I don't know how many hours, but it was very long. But then I came back. Yeah, I came back from Cambodia, and I went um, from Phnom Penh to Seoul, and then I had quite a layover, and then Seoul to DC and that was also very long. Um, and I did fall asleep in the airport in Seoul, like on an airport seat because I didn't have lounge access on that flight. <laughs> and uh, I told the people beside me, I set my like alarm on my phone. I was like, can you please make me up? I was so tired. <laughs> I was so tired. <laughs> I was like, I hope I hope I make this flight. <laughs> that, that'd be terrible to, to sleep through your connector flight. Like oh yeah, that would. D-board. That would not be good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would, that would be terrible. But I, I'm, I'm very curious. You've had so many amazing experiences. How do you rate the top five? And and I ask wow. you because bungee jumping off the 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 guitar thing was insane to me. So I got to see yeah. that in 3D. Yeah. There. There's. You know, that's probably in my, and that was, it was in Macau, it was in Macau, China. Okay, that's probably yeah, yeah. one of my, yeah, it's the world's highest commercial bungee. It's probably in my top five because it was just so crazy. And I can't believe I did that still. Um, and I, you know, it's just, but this year I have done so many crazy adventure things. I mean, I swam with the sharks in the mall in Dubai and filmed it in 360. I did the bungee jump and filmed it in 360. I climbed the world's highest commercial climbing wall in Reno, Nevada, um, and tried to film it in 360, and I dropped the camera at one point. <laughs> I mean, it was t- that climb was really tough. Um, it was cr- I'm not, I've never climbed, I've never done a climbing wall before. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, <laughs> that's, what, that's when you do a cut and say, this would be like if you fell from the world's tallest, and then yeah, you just use the oh, 3D camera. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was, uh, and it didn't break, so I tell you, Insta 360 makes a good camera. <laughs> you tried. Like, yeah, I tried to break it. The sharks, um, it was it was a giant fish when I was swimming in this tank and surrounded by sharks in the aquarium in Dubai. And this, um, I felt my hand like just jerk. And I was like, oh goodness, I hope something's not like a shark is not attacking me or about to attack me. But it was a giant fish and I have the footage of this, this fish just like flying down out of like near the top and just like trying to grab the uh camera and it got all my casing got all scratched up but it's pretty wild yeah no there's been some interest interesting stuff but 
one of my favorite experiences was being in Botswana on one of the world's largest salt pans and camping out there. Uh, the guide that we were with was, was um, we had a big campfire going. I mean, this is, it looks like the surface of the moon and the stargazing is some of the best. It's, it's the best I've ever seen. And I've been to some great places for stargazing yeah. because you are in the middle of nowhere. You're in the middle of one of the world's largest salt pans. And our guide told us to, um, we'd been filming all day, you know, and we'd, everyone's kind of tired and you're in your work mode, really. But our guide said, oh, just go walk as far as you can away from the campfire. You know, you're going to be able to get back because it's the only light around here. And, you know, just don't talk for a while and just look at the stars, you know, or you do whatever you want, but just take some time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so stupid. You know, I was like, I, I was like, I, I'm not going to be able to or do this. But by the time I walked for a while and then I sat down and I looked up, it was the most amazing sky I'd ever seen. And I just kept counting all these shooting stars. And it just really uh, put the world and life into perspective and was just one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. And I thought, wow, this is how lucky is it to be able to see this? I mean, and experience this. It's pretty amazing. And I walked back and I just felt like that was the life changer. It was, yeah. it really was. It really, really was. So, but there's been a lot of experience like that where I'm, I think it's once in a lifetime. And then who knows? I sometimes end up back in these places, which is because I've been doing this for so long. Um, but I think that yeah. that's the one, one of the great things I think people get out of your show hopefully is that they, they want to experience. I mean, like I tell people part, for part of my work, I, I actually went to North Dakota they're like, uh, and I'm like, dude, there's some cool things up there. And then I saw your show on it, and I'm like, there you go. So I and think I your love show, North Dakota, yeah, yeah. I, I think people can, you know, watch your show and go, hey, maybe I do want to go visit there or go see that, or you know what I mean? I think oh that's yeah. One thing you're really sharing with people. No, I love it. I think it's funny because we film in international and domestic locations, and we do about half and half. So I've done a lot of the U.S., and there are a lot of places that are off the radar, underrepresented, underrated. North Dakota is one of them. And people just don't know um, all the beauty that's there. Another place is south of Chicago. Ottawa, Illinois is pretty amazing. And so is Medewa National Tallgrass Prairie, uh, where you can view bison on this prairie that is getting restored. A lot of Illinois used to be prairie land, and it's not today. So that those are... There's a lot of places that people would think, oh, why are you going there? And they're like, right. Ottawa where? Like, Ottawa, Illinois. Um, and then you go and you find all these hidden gems and places that are really, really neat. I love that about what I'm doing. And I think it's a great way for people to look at their home area, wherever they live, and say, wow, there's a lot I can do around here, too, that I maybe haven't done before. I'll, so, I'll, I'll give you uh, something. Yeah, you, you might have heard of it. I was in, let's see, where was I? Uh, North Carolina. And I had, I had a, an extra day off, so I went up through Virginia and then it, all the way up into West Virginia on the um, western side of it. And there was a river that I went through when I was in Virginia, and I stopped because I saw this big tower. And I'm like, all right, so I, it's National Park, I kind of go, or State Park, and I go into it. And it's a shot tower. Never heard of it? No. So shot towers where they used to make buckshot back in the 1700s, hmm. and what it was was it was a, it's a just a tower like a 
a spire next to a river. And what they would do is they would pour the lead into this um, sifter. And as it would go down, it would be falling down and it would be cooling, spinning. And then so then they would have the, the river at the bottom of it. And it was like 10 stories. It was like eight stories tall. It was huge. And so it would fall down. And then when it would hit the cold water of the river, it would make the buckshot. That would be how they made it for the guns. It was the tallest tower, shot tower left in the United States. I don't know. Just one of those weird things that you would just never think of. Like, how did they make buckshot back in the 1700s for, yeah. for the guns? No, there's so many interesting things like that out there. That's one I haven't heard of, but I'm not surprised because there's a lot of cool history and artifacts and remnants and even modern things that we just don't know about that, that are interesting once you once you get to scratch a little bit below the surface. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like your show is like, is that for me? Like I can watch that show and go, oh, my God, that's so cool. You know, because I might not be able to go to Macau and, and – Bungee jump off the world's tallest, you know, commercial bungee jump. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I I don't I couldn't do that. I got I got nervous just doing the 3D thing. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's tough. That was a tough one. It was that was scary. That was scary. It was crazy. But uh, I thought sm- I did it though. You were smiling through it the whole way. So I I was yeah. I mean I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> I really smiled once I had that first bounce and I realized I was not going <laughs> to plummet to my death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see. And the, the, the 3D glasses work because I felt them with you. Like, oh, yeah. Nope, nope. It's a cool way to cool way to watch it. Yeah. Exactly. Well, hey, I, I appreciate that time. I, I I feel like I could talk to you forever about your stories. What's what's the best way for my listeners to, to stay in touch and follow you and, and see what you have going on? Yeah, well, I'm on social media at Darlene Newman on Instagram and Twitter and Travels with Darlene on Facebook. And then they can check out the show on PBS stations, Amazon Prime and Verizon Digital, Travels with Darlene. There's a website that goes with that. I have a personal website, DarleneNewman.com, and you can also go check out Echo Trekking. So lots of ways to, to keep up depending on your preference. Yeah, and I'll definitely uh, put those on my website and then try and add the links and all that because – there are quite. Are you still doing the equa trekking, or is that? I'm not filming new episodes. The episodes are actually okay. still airing on PBS stations, though, and and also networks all around the world. And then uh, still updating the websites with new information on places to go horseback riding. So it's a great oh, resource. Nice. Yeah, a great resource if you if you're into um, traveling and riding horses. That's mainly trail rides, though, right? It's trail rides. It's um, people that are into really into equestrian sports. There's dressage, uh, cross country, a lot of like places, jumper, yeah. yeah, places to learn to ride or take lessons, or um, and also you know go out and explore on horseback. Nice. I'll, I'll check that out because I try and do that when I when I travel as well. I try and do some trail rides, whether it's Hawaii cool. or North Dakota or you know wherever. So. It's a good way oh, to explore. I, yeah, I agree. Well, again, thank you so much for the time, Darlene. I uh, wish you the best on all your, your travels and adventures. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Who knew we had so much in common? <laughs> I know. Like I said, I'm going to be thinking about the uh, meditation stuff now. That'll, yeah, yeah. That will help me uh, calm my mind. There you go. All right. I appreciate it.
Thanks, Darby. Okay. Have Talk a great day. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.